bit of biblical trivia, or if you would prefer, a prologue. The New Revised Standard of the Version of the Holy Scriptures puts a footnote at the end of the eighth verse of the 16th chapter of Mark's Gospel. The footnote reads, most ancient authorities bring the book to a close at the end of verse eight. For this reason, scholars refer to the 16th chapter as the unfinished chapter in Mark's gospel. But of course, we human beings hate things that are unfinished. You walk into a room and someone's working on a jigsaw puzzle, and what's the first thing you do? Ah, that piece right there. Later writers would add an amen, and still later would add what is called the shorter, shorter ending, and then there's the short ending added later on, and then there's the long ending added even later on. But it ends. They were afraid. Eighth verse, 16th chapter. It's the same with the unfinished symphony of Franz Schubert or J.S. Bach's The Art of the Fugue. Musicians have attempted to finish those unfinished works, but the authenticity never quite comes through. Most critics seem to agree that the most memorable performances of those unfinished works have been those in which the orchestra or the solar performer simply stopped playing where the composer stopped composing. Now that's the prologue. Now for the sermon. Ron Rash's novel, Above the Waterfall, the county sheriff, after a particularly disturbing myth bust, sits in his car, depressed, angry, and wanting to retire as soon as possible. He's had it with crooks and drug dealers and the administration. As he sits there brooding, he has a flashback to his childhood. His childhood when he was a sleepwalker. When the flashback is over, he drives back to town remembering what it felt like when the world he knew had up and vanished, wishing he could bring it back, but being unsure how to do that. The odd, unfinished ending of Mark's gospel, all cloaked in fear and darkness and uncertainty, invokes something of the same spirit. Mark says the women who visited the tomb were startled by the news they encountered there, perhaps feeling as though the world they knew had begun to up and vanish, leaving them looking for anything familiar, some sign to reorient them. So they went out, fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Of course, that non-ending is not really the last word, is it? because we do not like unfinished things. So we have Matthew and Luke and John to help us 
They fill in the gaps. We know that's not the end of the story. If it had truly ended there, if that had been the last word, we would not be here, surrounded by sweet-smelling lilies, singing and sometimes stumbling over innumerable alleluias. At the very first line in Mark's gospel, the author says it's his intention to present the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Maybe verse 8 of chapter 16 is the end of that beginning. And the rest of the story was yet to be told, for it would be up to the disciples and the generations that followed. And it is up to us how the story plays out. Many foreign languages have something that the English language does not have. It is sometimes called the aorist or the imperfect tense. It's a verb to describe an action that has begun and is continuing. Like when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, it literally means do it, do it, don't stop doing it, keep on doing it. Well, Easter is in the imperfect tense. It has begun, but it is ongoing. It's going on again and again. The ongoing story of how the message of the empty tomb is being lived out in the lives of those who believe. The story continues. It's not over yet. How do we live into the unfinished ending, the unfinished Easter of Mark's gospel. Maybe by realizing that the Easter story is a story of calling, open-ended and ongoing. It is the call that came first to the women at the tomb, scaring them half to death. It's a call that comes also to us, a call to go and tell. The tomb is empty. He is not there. The power of death has been broken. And Jesus goes before us to our Galilee. That is, he goes where we live, where we go to school, where we make a living, where we make love, where we struggle with our children, and we struggle to remain faithful. Jesus is there before us. Go and tell. There's no closure to the story yet. We're here to testify to the faithfulness of God on the one hand and the faithful efforts of Christians on the other, of men and women who have responded to God's call since that day the stone was rolled back. We are here because all of those who have gone before us seeking in their time and place to continue the story Jesus started, not by bringing it to closure. That's God's problem. Our job is to write the next verse, the next chapter, again and again and again. We contribute to the story 
when we meet Christ in the Galilees of our own lives and to continue the ministry he began by standing boldly in the face of death, speaking good news to the poor, feeding the hungry, binding up the brokenhearted, breaking down the walls of hostility and fear, and doing all those things from the one who still goes before us and calls us still, the one whom death could not constrain. You see, we actually believe what we say to one another today. The Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Go and tell the story. It's not over yet. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.